normally I don't play uh, incredibly vulgar music when the kids are in the car, but I was like, fuck it. Y'all niggas, Y'all niggas need a history song. lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all need to know what real rap is. Okay, just stop. Yeah, I like I would... to play Tribe yeah. Called Quest when the kids are in the car because I like them to know who it is. Yeah. But I didn't realize Q-Tip says nigga so much. <laughs> he says nigga a lot. This is a new motherfucking intro. Someone don't want their voice on the show. So now we have a new motherfucking intro. So sit back and enjoy the fucking show. Welcome to Decoding 40. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. The time you've been waiting for all week. Decoding 40, the hottest podcast out there right now. I'm your host this week. Vincent, Vincent Perez. And I'm here with my two esteemed colleagues. It's your boy L.O. AKA Jamal Aldean. And don't try that in a small town. <laughs> <laughs> don't try this small town. That's not even the lyric, right? Or is it? I don't know. Yeah, it's some dumb shit. This is a lyric. You know, you you just made that reference, L, and that's just you know that's pretty much par for the quest. Why people whiting right there? That's like you know. Listen, I think last week or the week before, I mentioned. Um, I think it was uh, Michael Harriet who pointed out that this was um, White Juneteenth month. This is White Juneteenth summer. <laughs> we taking shit back, yo. It's all summer. <laughs> this this is a hot one. white summer. <laughs> another one. Another one. <laughs> every the every white week, city girls are one. winning. Yes. I, I got a question. If he had recorded that video in a different city, would we think that that song was racist? Like, I I, I didn't hear the song. I only read the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Do you think people would, would, would say this song is racist? You mean, I mean he obviously the video or if he did not shoot the video in a town that was notoriously known for a public lynching? Look, I don't know. Yeah, okay, I, how about give us an example of a city, and then I think I can answer that question for you. Disney uh, World, nigga. <laughs> yes, it'd be still racist. Disney World. It's still <laughs> racist. Still racist. <laughs> still racist. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is getting trapped up. <laughs> yeah, it's still racist. Uh, oh. if, I mean, I don't even I want to talk about this video, but the interesting thing I saw that a lot of the uh, video was B-roll footage, and some of it was international footage. Yeah, yeah, I heard that as well. So it's like you're concocting well, a story about small towns, but using video from Germany. What were the clips that he was using? Like news clips of. Oh, so he had one of a woman who was clearly drunk, putting her middle finger up to I think it was German police officers as they were passing by during the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another one where it was strictly just movie footage of someone lighting a Molotov cocktail. And don't um, try that in a small town, because right, we particularly with light perfect lighting and a camera shot. Please don't try that in a small town, because otherwise you'll ruin the movie for the rest of us. And there was another clip that was pointed out. Some, I think, some of the even the the video where I think black people were in the video was happened like in L.A. or large cities. So it wasn't even mm. like it's, it's just weird, man. It's, it's just fuckery. Yeah, it's I, I didn't and see then the that, fact man. that you're trying to um, pin this all on black people in your town when most crime that happens in your town is probably going to be perpetrated by a white person, right. probably on methamphetamines. Exactly. Um, you can try, well, you can try that. 
You can try that here, but oh. you'll get attacked <laughs> yeah, by. There's meth. no sarcasm in that. You can you try, can try meth, meth in a small, in a small town. town. Yeah, you can try. Some, you can try all the methamphetamines you want. I, I yeah, have blue please. meth, red red meth. We call it Kool Aid in here. <laughs> methamphetamines. Um, <laughs> methamphetamines. <laughs> Give me some meth so my teeth fall out. That's a song. There it goes. Before we get into the thick of things, let's pay some bills re- real quick and uh, remind people that we're out every Friday. Make sure you tune in Friday mornings and catch us on the Dakota 40 podcast. If you need them T-shirts right now, it's hot as fuck outside. If you're wearing a hoodie right now, I feel sorry for you. But we do have T-shirts, ladies and gentlemen. We have hats. It will get cold again. It will not stay hot forever. So you can get your hoodies right now. You know what I'm saying? Get them get them ready because they might go up in the summer, in the winter time. I don't know. We might feel we might be like, yo, we're selling too many hoodies right now and we need to make more money. So get your hoodie right now as well. <laughs> get your hats. Get your get your cups. We got the uh, website is decoding40pod.com and make sure you go out there and uh, purchase something and feed a hungry podcast. There's also no guarantee that it won't stay hot forever. Yeah, I know. They say this is the hottest month in the world. People in Italy are dying over there. <clears throat> it's the fucking hot over here. <laughs> Somebody, a passing me some water. It's a fucking hot over here. It's, and my pizzas are already cooking by themselves. I, I don't even have them too rare. What the fuck is going on here? Still pass me that slice, though. Yeah. Bobby, make, yeah, he did We don't gonna have to heat it up. It's already hot outside. It's a fucking 120 I'll degrees. Heat that slice. Oh, but uh, yeah, it's hot. It's hot in the whole fucking world right now. But yeah, make sure you, you know, support us and listen every week and that uh brings us to what's been going on in our lives uh, oh actually one quick wants- point and this is okay. i don't want to go too much off on the tangent but i was just thinking when we talk about climate change and global warming people could literally burn up in the street just go burst into flames and there would still be people be like mm, it's a hoax <laughs> <laughs> i mean We've been getting listen. That's we've been getting sun flares for the last three years. It was bound to happen. Like they don't even look at the fact that because it's not like it's going to happen overnight. It's it's we're going to get to that, and right. there'll still be the right. Like like really? it won't even be like a heat stroke. It'll just be heat flames. Just like you have, you're just going to burst into flames. And I could just picture well, someone just walking away, and be like, eh, he was asking for. Well, it. He was kind of a jerk. Well, I'd rather have coal. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I could pick it with my way. bare hands. You know, there, nothing says love like black lung. Right. Cole, Cole ain't had nothing love. to do with this. Nothing says love like black lung. So uh, who, so who wants to go first this week, fellas? So first off, kids are absolutely positively disgusting. So yes. I go to my son's soccer camp and hang out for the morning. And um, so I'm sitting close to where the tent is, where the kids get their water and they rest during the breaks. That was mistake number one. I should not have been that close proximity to kids. One of the kids who obviously had something for breakfast that was irritating his stomach and he was out there running in the sun and, you know, kicking and whatever, walks by me, throws up right in front of me, looks at me, licks his lips and keeps walking. (laughs) (laughs) I was... I was disgusted on such what? a level. Like, who, was that a half wolf child? Like, who's who's fucking <laughs> disgusting child was that? And I didn't even look back at him. I didn't even want to look in his eyes, but I saw from the corner of my eye that he was looking at me. And I'm like, kid, just walk on, please. Just you don't even know what he just threw up. Right. So I have Some to move virus. my chair. And then, so during the same break, this kid is running off the field because he needs water. 
And all you can hear him say is, where's my water bottle? Where's my water bottle? And all of the kids have these one, these, uh, except for my son, <laughs> have these Gatorade uh, bottle, water bottles. And he can't find his bottle. So he just picks up a random bottle and just starts drinking from it. Mm. He yeah. just passed on the Ebola. Yep. That's, <laughs> that why COVID, outbreak that's, why COVID, that's why COVID won't die. COVID he's a little outbreak die. monkey. Yeah, he is. He's he's uh, patient zero. <laughs> or patient one. Uh, patient zero was the kid that threw up uh, about 30 <laughs> minutes prior to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, yo, why would you drink from that bottle? Well, but I guess if you're that desperate for water, you... you of course you would. But I don't know. For me, I'm we're I'm not living going, in that society right now. Like he could have taken a little extra time to find his water bottle. Like, nigga, do, do you have initials on the bottom of your bottle? Like, what's going on? here? There's a thing. I don't think any of them really initial their bottles or put their oh, names on. So I don't know how they're telling the difference. They have to be mixing bottles every day. This nigga L saw all the bottles look the same. He was like, I'm getting my son the opposite. Oh, no, that was my wife. My son has probably a 64 ounce black gallon jug that has three di different devices for the top. It's ridiculous. She says black so, water on it. So my set yeah. is not going to be dehydrated. Pretty much. It's just not black water on it. Don't touch. Not my baby. filled bottles. So the second thing is President Joe Byron. Uh, I want my... Uh, <laughs> Joe Byron. I want my student loans relieved. I, I've seen the news that you have done something with something with for someone, but I have not gotten a notification about my loans being forgiven. And I need that done stat because my loan guarantee provider is now asking me, am I ready to start paying? And here's what I need to do <laughs> in order to get or stay on track. And I'm like, I'm not getting on that track. I don't, I'm not paying any more of these loans. It's a wrap. I feel like after three years of this thing being uh, in, in abeyance, like, we're good. Like, forget yeah. about it. You don't even Three you don't years. even right. really need that money. That market is done. There's no more yeah. VIG. Come on. <laughs> Have you been paying on the interest? I haven't been paying on the principal. What, yeah. the, what are you talking about? No, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you do the when you do the forbearance, abatement, whatever the fuck they want to call it nowadays, you're paying interest on that money. But there's a more, moratorium on all the loans, so nobody's have to had no one has oh, okay. had to pay anything. Oh, okay, so, all right. So if they if that's in place, then you're not collecting. There's not collecting any any interest as right. long as they had that abatement again. And you said you haven't been paying since forever. You're like fuck them. So whatever I, interest I have been delaying, I have been pushing back. I have been for bed for bed. I, I have been for bed, sir, <laughs> for as long as I'm I can sorry, pay. sir, but I'm in forbearance. <laughs> I don't know what happened to I my student pay. loans, but they seem to have disappeared. That's what I'm talking about. Rick. I don't know. Rick has... Look, I, I maybe this is drawing attention to myself, but <laughs> they were they were bought and sold so many times and now I don't know where they are. Like now, they don't know. Like, well, whose loan is this? I don't know. It's, it's not on my credit report. It seems to be gone. Mm. I need that. And, All right. So now uh, the IRS agent that's listening to him, got him. <laughs> well, hopefully the IRS are not coming for my student loans. <laughs> no, I'm saying they're gonna they're gonna let student loans know we got them because they'll be think they'll be thinking we're money laundering over here. I'm sure. No. I, I don't know. I don't no, know. What, I, I think probably what happened was in maybe in 08. I think when 08 when we had the financial crisis, I think whatever institution had it at the time might have. They probably lost five. Might have maybe. Mm. What that what that sounds like to me, honestly, the only way that could happen is that whoever owned your loan at the time, whether it was because of the financial crash or whatever, 
either had some sort of data breach, some sort of data loss where like either the backup and whatever your, wherever your name was on someone's hard drive, that shit got erased. That's like the only way that could happen. I, I think somebody went out of business. They probably went under and they weren't acquired. Maybe. Cause that's the only way. Like, cause they, they, they sell, they buy and sell loans all the time. Like, all the time. They, want, my, they would want been to bought them. and sold. I don't yeah. know how many times in the last 20 years, but we're you done. You owe money to somebody. We're done. You owe money yeah. to Craig and them. Yeah, the student loan shit is a scam. <laughs> Fuck them. As far as me and mine, we're done. Um, so I need I need luck. Joe Byron or Kamala Harris to put me on the list because I have not gotten an email saying that uh, my loans have been forgiven or at least partial part of my loans have been forgiven. Um, and I really haven't even seen anybody celebrating that their loans have been forgiven. So, oh, you know what? This is true because I always see them talking big numbers. 10 billion, 10 hundred million. And I'm like, where, who the fuck is getting this right. money? Like, is anybody mm-hmm. getting, I don't know anybody who's been blessed yet. Yeah. Like, well, what I, the think, fuck? I think it was a lot of those technical colleges and those, um, uh, ITT and, uh, what was the one that, uh, Trump Slink College? did the spoof on? Oh, uh, um, yeah. Ber- Berkeley College. I don't remember. Not Berkeley College. Um, I, I, not, what, not Idaho. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Yeah, but they were basically like yeah. getting kids to take loans that they knew they couldn't get them jobs for mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think those people got relief. Why? Yeah, they, they basically got ripped off. I don't, I don't know. You know how long we I've been paying my student loans for? We all got years. ripped off. I've paid my student loan over at least 10 times. I'm sure I have. With the interest and everything else, I've paid it over 10 times. Bro, my and insurance, this point, I looked at my statement at one point. My insurance, I mean, not insurance, my um interest was damn near a third of what I owed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. I, like, your list, listen, if you can't get rid of everybody's student loans, okay. If you can't erase well, my thing, shit, they can. at least, no, but but wait, wait, hear my argument. Even if you, even you start saying, oh, well, you know, because you're, yours is with a private bank, you you can't get any money back, blah, blah, blah. This is my argument to that. All right, then you know what? From this point on, no more interest. Whatever, whatever the fucking actual payment is like you got it you got to do the math and do and see whether or not in all the payments i've made i've paid that loan back at the actual principle of that loan back right the interest if i've paid that back then let me the fuck go like i think just do that that's like forgiveness and the same thing but at the same time if i've already paid up to a certain point and even if you take a even if you wind up paying more than what you should have paid at this point just call it a day leave me the fuck alone like, don't make me pay any more at this point, which is the forgiveness. Zero me, but it should out, be based on that. All debt that's 25 years old. Yeah. Because that damn sure, that damn near is a house at this point. Yeah. Mm. Ten times over. That's what I asked you. Well, last time I spoke to one of these student loan motherfuckers, I had this woman on the phone. I was like, Are you, I, I started to get belligerent with her. And I was like, I'm sorry. I know it's not your fault. She's like, I understand. I'm going through the same thing. And I said, mm. yeah, but this is some bullshit. Like, how many fucking years I got to pay in this shit? Well, the loan is structured to keep you in debt forever. Forever. Forever and ever. <laughs> ever and yeah. ever. We will be here forever. I still owe, <laughs> forever. I still owe these niggas 11 forevers. And, well, and, 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 and I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, fuck y'all, man. Like, God damn. Y'all yeah. have taken money for me for 25 years. Right. Come on. This is indentured slavitude. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm now adopting positive thinking and affirmation. I'm free, nigga. So do I'm teeth. free. 
Yeah, yeah. This is my Juneteenth. I'm free from you student loan motherfuckers. Kiss my ass. I so no much. longer have student loan. Yo, the, the next time they call you, mail them a letter about reparations <laughs> right. and enslaved black people. And I'm I'm taking. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign a P.S. I'm vibrating at a different frequency now. You won't be able to yeah. collect. Yeah, yeah. That's a wrap. But shout out, and this is my last thing. Shout out to the woman who faked uh, winning the uh, billion dollar lottery. Word. <laughs> I, yo, people. <laughs> What's yo, juicy? This planet is made of nuts, yo. Like the fact that she was running through the streets, running back into the grocery store, pretending that she won. Yeah, well, that's a funny fake. Not like, not like old abduct yourself in South Carolina. You know well, what's so baby. funny? In Alabama. Alabama. Let's get our let's get our wacky states uh, right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this this was the week of the fake outs like yeah carly and then this woman so um shout out to everybody who's out here scamming just don't scam us and to that games in these streets yeah this is leon that's my checking and i'm done speaking drop that mic merch drop what's up y'all we need y'all to support this podcast pick yourself up a t-shirt pick yourself up a hoodie they're soft, they're poly tri-blend, luxurious, warm, they're furry on the inside. They're really plush. You can sleep in them. Your wife can sleep in it. Your daughter can steal it, and she can sleep in it. Go over to Decoding40Pod.com and get yourself a t-shirt, hoodie, whatever you like. Decoding40Pod.com I am uh, checking in from uh, Western Pennsylvania. I'm not even sure the name of the town that I'm in. Um, the cultural enclave of America. I think it's called Blairsville. Blairsville. Uh, yeah, this is like the hickiest place I've I've been, and I, you know, even counting the southern states that I've visited working on this show, like this place is different. Like I'm pretty sure I met some Trump supporters today and uh, diehard MAGAs. I mean, you can see it. You can see it in their eyes, right? You can see the crazy. No one had any paraphernalia on, though. I didn't see it this time, but there is like a giant Trump pent sign driving towards this town. It's like on off one highway road. It's it's. I don't know why Pence is still up there, but maybe they had it from before. It was too much trouble to change. We can't take anything <laughs> down with Trump's name on it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Even they can't even there. read the sign. They don't know it says Pence. <laughs> <laughs> it says Trump's penis. Yeah, it's, this is weird. I mean, it's a, it feels weird. It feels weirder here than most of the places that I've been. But it's also, we're not here to build anything. We're here to take something down. And I think that that makes a difference because the people who are building usually are more affluent. And this is definitely not an affluent section of Pennsylvania, except where this hotel is, because this hotel behind me is a golf course. But I think this is the nicest place around. So you you wanna you, you wanna take my barn and how much money you gonna give me? And you will you gonna come down here and take my barn from my house and you gonna give me how much money? <laughs> that's that's Honey, we gonna be rich, goddamn it. I'll tell you what, you can come out here with you. You can take my wife if you want her. As a Pennsylvania <laughs> accent. Uh, this that's my southern white man accent that's it's universal it yeah look if you heard it here you would not be surprised at all you can go ahead and got, take the whole fucking barn they've got weird liquor laws here too so i'm drinking beer tonight because the actual liquor store where you can buy booze closes at seven o'clock 
Wow. You can't buy beer at Walmart. You can't buy beer anywhere except the state sanctioned. It's sort of like ABC. um it's sort of like ABC, but I I don't know that it's state owned. But anyway, you can only buy booze up until seven o'clock. Jeez. But everybody here looks drunk, so I don't know where they're getting all this liquor. It's probably the but best. the beer store opens until eight eight PM. Eight PM. So, yeah. So I had to hustle Please and get over there. Yeah. So what are you so, drinking? What beer is that? Uh, I'm drinking Yingling, which is the Yingling. oldest brewery in America. Mm. America's oldest brewery. And it's made in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. So it's probably real cheap. I didn't know that as well. Wow. You learn something new every day. I just learned too, man. So I just had a follow-up to last week. I was talking about um, going out for my wife's birthday. And we went to uh, one hotel uh, by Brooklyn Bridge. And um, it started off a little rocky. Because, you know, we walked in and went up to the hostess. And I was immediately racially profiled. Mm. She said, are you with the Brooks party? And I was like, no, who, who are the Brooks? I have reservations. So immediately I knew that the Brooks party was a bunch of black people. But Are you, you with know, the I others? <laughs> but I didn't freak out because the hostess was also black. So oh, I don't know. Okay. You know, oh, okay. She's, but I don't appreciate the racial profiling. I could just be here for dinner wait, with wait, my wait, wife wait, hold on. Let's, on let's, her birthday. Let's push this back. You made it. You gaslit me just now. Yeah. So <laughs> were the Brooks, was the Brooks party a cool party? It was a, I think it was a sweet 16 party. Uh, oh. It was like, and there was, there was adults and, and teens in this party, that's, but they were. That sounds more like ageism than racism. Well, no, there was, there was adults in the parties too. I know. That's what I'm party. saying. Like you look like an old ass uncle that is there for the Brooks party. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even take that angle. Oh, fuck. And the, mu- and the, and the mustache. Your, your mustache is that Brooks party all over it. You're with the Brooks party with that mustache coming to this motherfucker. Uh, that big ass mustache. Let me, let me see on my list. You must be Uncle Ted. <laughs> Raymond. Yeah. <laughs> your niece. So yeah, I, I don't know if that was racism, but I, th- I feel like they just pegged you as a uh, old, old uncle. Yeah, old uncle. No, I'm uncle, a, I'm a uncle go Jerry. Racist. Fuck you, uncle, uncle, Jerry. uncle Jerry. Uncle Jerry, you got an uncle Jerry mustache with the porn stash. <laughs> you know, but, Uncle Jerry always slide through with a new girl every year. Well, all oh, right. Was your wife with you, or did you walk in ahead of her? No, no, we were together. We were standing okay. at the uh-huh. hostess station, and I didn't even get a chance to. It was like, you know, that, that Dave Chappelle uh, joke where he's like, Let yeah, me yeah, get, yeah. you want the chicken? chicken. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we just walked up to the podium. Are you with the Brooks? Uh, no. <laughs> or maybe, maybe, maybe they had a bunch of people. I'm trying to give them some grace. Maybe they, uh, before you, two or three other people came in and they were with the Brooks party. Maybe, but they were all black. So uh, you made well, an assumption. That's why I'm saying I was racially profiled. I feel so, I feel like it was more age thing though, but go on. Anyway, Uncle Teddy, so, you stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle so, Teddy, come here and have a seat. Table wasn't quite ready. They seat us at the bar downstairs, mm. and you know, checking out the view, whatever. Wife and I, we sit at the bar. We're gonna have a quick drink before we go up to the table, and the bartender is is completely spaced out, like. We sit down and like he's not even noticing that we're there. And finally, he notices us, gets me my drink, gets my wife a drink. My wife orders a Prosecco and he brings it over in a martini glass. I'm like, 
you know, this is weird. Why, why is he bringing this in a martini glass? So I said to him, like, do you normally serve Prosecco in a martini glass? He was like, no, but you know, it fits more in there. And I'm like, that's not how bar glasses work. Like, it's not like you fit more in a martini glass. And that's probably a lie. Wait a minute. minute, It's an absolute lie. Cause then he poured it into a, in in a champagne flute and it fit. I'm like, it's not like it's spilling over. So you took the same drink from the martini glass and put it into the flute? Yeah. The exact same drink, not a second drink. This is the exact no, same the drink. exact same drink. He he just transferred it from one martini glass into the champagne flute. Mm. And I was just like, what kind of bartender is this? Like, so already I'm like, I don't really uh the yeah. service here is not great. There's a lot of money for this uh ghetto type of treatment and service. Yeah. This oh, nigga Rick man. has is taking notes like a critic. Yes, that is stars. <laughs> But I had to write something. But I had to. You know who I am? I'm a food critic. (laughs) Uh, My man, what is this? Like, what? And it's not even. You're not even fitting more in there. You're just making it harder for my wife to drink it. Wow. Mm. So anyway, they get us. Oh, this is the other thing. They were about to take us up to the roof. Our table's ready now. So they're taking us up to the rooftop. But you can't carry glass onto the rooftop. You can only have the plastic cups, right? So they pour it into a plastic cup. Well, the, the hostess comes over, your table's ready, but we can't do glass upstairs, so you're going to have to put them in a plastic cup. So I was like, okay, do you have a plastic flute for uh, my wife's Prosecco? She says, I don't, but the bar does. Ooh, burn. I was like, bitch, I wasn't asking if you had flutes in your pocket. Right. <laughs> Hold on, do you know I'm Uncle Teddy? <laughs> you know Uncle Teddy smacks bitches? <laughs> like, why... Did you not wow. ask the bar to transfer our drinks oh into cups that are... Okay, I've actually got to retract my uh, thoughts about this earlier now. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is a this is this is actually I know, a but it's different it's, hostess, it's, right? But, but it seems like it's pervasive in the culture of this uh, yeah. establishment. Yeah. She's I don't, but the bartender does. I'm like, well, well, aren't you taking us up to our table? Why don't you make those arrangements? Hello. This is oh, supposed so to be only, like not a, only was a she fine being snarky. Hold not only was she being snarky, but she was making she was expecting for you to go to the bar and change yes. your drinks. Yes, I have to make the arrangements. You have to go behind the bar, <laughs> grab hey, Chico, a plastic he's just, loot. He's like, yeah, yeah, just just grab them off the shelf over there. You, yeah, help yourself. It's self service. Yeah, self service over here. So they Jeez. take us upstairs. They sit us down. At the, the hostess takes us upstairs, sit us down at the table. 15 minutes. We have no menus. What? 15 minutes. We have no menus. Then the waiter comes over and he is genuinely surprised that we don't have menus. He's like, what? You guys don't have menus? All right. I'll be right back. Brings the menus. Uh, maybe they just hand out edibles at the beginning of the shifts because everybody <laughs> seemed to be fucking checked out. <laughs> So he takes our order, but I mean, the view is beautiful. You're right there on the water. You, you, the city skyline, no obstructions. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. So we're enjoying that. And my wife has had an entire glass of Prosecco. So and she doesn't drink. She's not yeah, a drinker. So she's two sheets know, to the wind. Uh-oh. Yeah. And then, you know, that champagne. Yeah. Makes some, Bubbles, yeah. 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 So we're having a good time. 
we laughing mm-hmm. and joking, whatever. And we're, we're also clowning the staff because yeah. they're being ridiculous. That's when we sat down and found out who the Brooks party was because they were a couple tables behind us. Um, and that's when we <laughs> that's when we knew. So they bring out the food. I One of the dishes we ordered was like uh, a miso halibut. And it oh, was sounds good. I oh, wish no. uh, it looked good on the menu. It looked great. <laughs> It was for, well. First of all, when he when the waiter brought it over and it passed my face, it was kind of fishy, right? Mm. It's like mm. okay, I'm like okay, maybe there's fish sauce in the miso, maybe you know, because maybe all right. But the fish was so overcooked, and I mean, look, this place is not cheap, right? Like, uh, entree appetizers are twenty something dollars. Mm-hmm. Entrees are like thirty-two dollars to like sixty-something dollars. Mm-hmm. Like that's so, when we didn't we didn't go we we wasn't eating the lobster and shit right. and ribeyes and we didn't eat the ribeye. But the halibut was like thirty-five dollars. It should not be overcooked like that. So we ate everything else, left the halibut. We we we're not the types that we're not going to send dishes back to the kitchen. What we don't? No no no. We're not going to send dishes back to the kitchen because we don't want what they're going to send out. I, already, I don't trust the service in this place, and I don't know who's angry in the kitchen. So I'm you not just want your money back. I, I didn't even want the money back. At this point, we're here to have a good time. I'm not mm-hmm. fucking with anybody. I'm not trying to haggle over the bill. Nothing. We're just gonna mm-hmm. have a good time. And we're gonna enjoy ourselves. So I just the waiter said came over after he was paint, paint getting ready to pay the bill. He's like, was everything okay? I was like, yeah, everything was good except that you know this halibut is really overcooked. Like I don't want you to take this off the bill, but I do want you to let the kitchen know that Mm-mm. this was extremely overcooked. I mean, it's hammered. So he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let them know. He takes it back. Whatever, man. <laughs> whatever, man. And a <laughs> few minutes later, the manager comes over. And I'm talking to the manager, super nice guy. He's only been there for a month. He was like, yeah, the culture here is not good. Mm. And that's why the entire senior staff has changed. And they're bringing in new managers because they're really trying to change stuff around. Because the the thing is like, they're sort of like, I, I compared them to the New York Knicks. The Knicks never worry about winning a championship because they sell out the garden every night. Mm-hmm. So they don't give a fuck about improving. Mm-hmm. There's no incentive. Concessions are, are As a matter of fact. They're going to add more seats to the garden. Mm-hmm. Here you go, and they're going to fill mm-hmm. every fucking fill seat every, every yeah. night. And it doesn't matter win or lose. You probably came into town to see your team play in the garden, right. And mm-hmm. beat up on the Knicks, right? That's that's what you're here for. They have the same thing going on. They have this view that there's no other rooftop hotel, restaurant, bar that has this view. So people are coming there, like tourists come there, you know, people who want, you know, special nights out, that's that's where they go. So they don't have to be better. And these are the sort of things that he was talking about. Like, you know, those are the things we're trying to improve. improve. So the bill finally does come and he takes off the fish. Good. Then he sends us two more glasses of Prosecco. Good. And, you know, just to warm things over. And I saw so it was nice, right? Mm-hmm. Like we still had an amazing time. And you know, part of the good time we were having was, you know, talking shit about the staff. Nice. It was, it was fun. It was good. So um, you know, again, happy birthday to my wife. And I'm glad she had a great time. And uh, 
and we really enjoyed ourselves. That's amazing. I have to say that reminds me of a story when I was living in Nashville. I think the restaurant, it was an Italian restaurant. I think it was called Demos. And I had some sort of pasta dish and the tomato sauce tastes as if it came straight out of a can. Just It just had something about it did not taste fresh. Mm. That shit was straight ragu. So, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the can. Even in, a, in a junk. No, oh, yeah, they got yeah, ragu in the can. That's, right. that's, the, right. that's yeah. that hood shit. That's the, <laughs> right. It's the industrial can. Yes. A- exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what came to my mind. Those industrial uh, size cans. It's fucking ragu spelt in Russian lettering. Bagul. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so I, I had told the waiter, because I didn't really eat my food, and the waiter was like, is everything okay? I'm like, actually, this sauce doesn't really taste so great. It, if I'm being honest, it tastes like it came straight out of a can. So he goes and tells the chef. The chef comes to the table. Was he armed? No, but he had a bit <laughs> of an problem attitude. With my fucking sauce. You got a problem with my sauce? That tough guy. Bit of an attitude. Hey, brother, brother, you got a problem with my fucking sauce, brother, brother. The brothers got a problem with my fucking sauce over here. Not enough. Maybe chicken. you're not. Used sauce. It's no yeah, hot make, sauce. Make, it's no hot right. sauce. It's not hot. It's not caliente, right, brother? We don't put no malt liquor in it, right? <laughs> right. Fucking moly ass. So he doesn't say that, here. but that that is exactly That's what his energy. energy is. And so he explains to me, asks me what is wrong with it. And I explain to him, like, um, listen, I, there's just something, there's something in the taste of this. It it tastes off. Like I, I I don't know how to explain it, but I just don't like it. So he's looking at me like this mother you know how long this recipe has been in my family like that type of yeah. you talking you say i'm using canned to fucking tomatoes I, I get my tomatoes fresh every morning what are you talking about so we come to an impasse he winds up leaving and they want they do t- take the dish off of my bill but that was the last time i've ever eaten there because i was like <laughs> there's no way i can go back in there and not Yo, know that my food has not been tampered with as you left that nigga was iron i was like i'll never forget that fucking moulin's <laughs> face if he ever comes back in i swear i swear to, i swear i'm sure my Joe, picture was Jesus. up somewhere yeah insulted his grandmother's sauce yeah. Yeah, his yeah. great grandmother probably. Look, yeah. I mean, look at at a certain price point, you just want what you pay for. Yeah, yeah of course. And yeah, it they fell they fell short. Like I would go there for drinks. I would recommend going there for drinks, but going there for dinner, just order the apps. Don't order the entrees. The entrees are definitely not worth the money. But you know, it's like hotel prices. Mm. Right. So hotel prices for like if you order room service, you, you right. can pay twenty eight dollars for a grilled cheese. But this was definitely not worth it. You know, that's a thing. miso miso uh, halibut. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had it. I've had similar dishes other places. And it's Nigga, I don't even know what a miso halibut is. It's, it's <laughs> it a, sounds it's a sauce. delicious. It's delicious. And if if that halibut is cooked just right. Right. It's tender. Yes. It's. it's Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, having a fat boy moment over here. That did. But in a wine butter <laughs> sauce that would make you explode. Yeah. What, one, of, oh. one of the most horrible textures is overcooked fish. I yeah, can't it is. stand it. Mm. It's like, I can't. Those fish sticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fish sticks. Yeah. I, don't, I don't eat fish sticks. Mm. You never had fish sticks? I don't know. I, I don't fuck with fish sticks. Oh, well. Wait, what? You eat fish sticks? sticks? You eat fish sticks? Sticks, my friend. Sticks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know you if you know that that references that uh, South Park 
with Kanye oh, no. West. I, I never really watched South Park. Oh yeah, they they he he likes. They keep teasing that he likes fish sticks. Got it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I don't watch it. Here, screw you guys. I'm going here. Screw you guys. So that's that's uh that's my check in, man. Nothing's really been going around, uh, going on down here in the uh, Perez household. I did, however, go on Friday and had a somewhat of an impromptu family reunion because one of my oldest girl cousins was here. I was going to say a name, but I'm probably not going to do that. Yeah, so she was here and her children were here. So I went out there with my daughters. My uncle was there. It's his house, his wife. All my um, girl cousins were there. Cousin that, like, she's like a, I guess, like, yeah, she's very close to the family. So we all got together and we had a good time, man. We we drank and we ate. There was mad food there. My cousin, my my youngest cousin came through with, like, mad ziti and, and, and chicken and, and fucking garlic knots. And there was burgers and there was hot dogs and there was mad liquor and beer. And we just got there and, and started talking. Next thing I know, the old albums came out and I got a chance to see my mother pregnant with me in a picture. And that wow. shit bugged me out. And you've never seen she, that picture before. I've never seen this picture before in my life. Wow. And it was dope to see her pregnant with me and her face. My mother looked mad. Young mother was 27 when she had me, but she looked like she was 18 and she was so skinny. And the only thing that was sticking out was her belly. Mm. She, she had like, she, from the from her back, she had these little she had these skinny legs, and she had all this belly. And I saw these pictures; it bugged me out. And I was like, I never seen my mother pregnant with me. And my uncle was like, You never seen these pictures before? I was like, Nah. I was like, wow. These is from the lost files. You had the lost tapes. Wow. You know what I'm saying? He had the lost tapes. And then he pulls out pictures of me on my first birthday, and that's the one I posted in the chat. That's me on my first birthday, and I was like, I've never seen this picture before. And I was a huge fucking baby, like next to my mother. I look well, like your head was big. Yes, the, I had a full. Your head was I had a full man sized head <laughs> at one years old. I had a straight like my body had to support my head. Have you seen that show? I think it's on Prime called I'm a Virgo, and it's about this. 13 oh, I haven't foot. seen it yet. No. Okay, well. I won't spoil it, but you got to go check it out. Basically, when the boy is born, they show how big his head is. And his head is like the size of three human heads. And then they whisk him away. And then all of a sudden, he becomes this 13-foot young man. Anyway, you got to watch it. So the family came through. And uh, we had a good time. My middle cousin, she's into astrology and things of that nature. And he, she's kind of taken... She's taken after my mother in that, in that aspect because she reads cards and does tarot and, excuse me, does astrology, Reiki, all of the um, those arts, I would say. So she she gave uh, readings to some of my family members and to my daughter. And, you know, of course, my daughter was like a little nervous afterwards and I had to let her know that, you know, you got to take things with a grain of salt. It's not going to happen. Like, it doesn't work that way. It's not like, you know, tomorrow it's going to be Final Destination or shit like that. Like, she got a little nervous over it because it was the first time she ever had a reading before. Wait, did she get bad news? 
I, I'm not going to say she got bad or good news. She just was a little upset by some of the news. And I was like, you know, just like you got to relax. Like, it's you know, you are in control of your destiny and you're not going to, you know, nothing bad, like horrible bad, but just, you know, teenage stuff. You know what I mean? So oh, I was okay. just like telling her to relax and tell her it was going to be OK. And it's it's not in stone. You know what I mean? So. Right. But uh, it was just good to see them. And like I said, I had mad food. Like, I left out of there with my stomach hurting because I ate so much. And, uh, you know, we had licks and, you know, a little mokey moke. And it was just fun, man. It was really fun to laugh with the family and have, you know, just discussions and arguments and shit like that. And I was just sitting there in the cut watching everything. Mm. And it was just me and my uncle who... Like next to my uncle and his wife, I was the oldest person there. So it's just like now I, I almost got that old man status. So I was just sitting there with him and we're just both laughing and just just listening to everything. And everybody's got their own conversations. My daughters are having an argument about something and my other cousin over here is arguing about something. It was just crazy. And all the all of my cousin's kids are big as hell, all of them. And like one of my cousins, her sons is like fucking six foot three, six, four. One of them was only like 13, 14 years old. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? When he came out the back room, I was like, is that? <laughs> fuck are you kidding? You feeding this dude, you know? But um, it was a good time. It was a good time. And uh, I'm, really, you know, I'm I, really happy to hear that, man. Because I remember when you and your uncle fell out for a second. And I'm glad you were able to come back together. Because these, this is this is why. Yeah. You know, this is. Oh, yeah, definitely, work. definitely, definitely. We, you know, we we had our we had our differences, but we definitely squashed that. And it's it's just fun, man, because I think the older you become in a family and the, the dynamic of relationships start to change and you're not just a kid that doesn't know anything. You're a man that has something to say. And like mm -hmm. we had our conversation, we were sitting there, we were talking about just different things and like how he was approaching things. And I was like, well, you might want to try it this way like or think of it like this way and we had some real good conversations and it, you know he it's the dynamic has changed so it's like it's mm -hmm. now we're listening to each other and he's looking at me in the in an equal way because when you have that older uncle younger child dynamic is different than it is now like we're both grown-ass men and having life experiences and have may have different you know ideologies and certain thoughts but we still, you know, have something to say. And it's it's just, it's just good. It's just good. It's fun. And we laugh, man. We like fucking like I'm I'm jokes with him all day. Mm. And he's he's got jokes himself. So <laughs> he's just very, very honest. And I forget that he's he's 72 years old. And he don't look it. And it, mm. he damn sure don't sound it like it just it just bugs me out that he's that old, that he's as old as my mother would have been. My mother would have been way older than that. But still, it's just bugged out to me. It's just bugged out. But I had a great time. And that was pretty much my check-in. It didn't have anything really happen. And I went out and drove the other day, got back in the Uber seat, and went out there for a couple of hours. It was pretty good, man. Like, I was just a little nervous that I was going to get into, you know, get some idiot who has luggage and can you help me? And, you know, then I got to get out or I couldn't get out because, you know, my foot's still broken. But other than that, made a little bit of money. I'll probably go out tomorrow and make some money. I got to pay these bills. They ain't going to pay themselves. And uh, that's it. That's my check-in. Listening to Decoding 40. What's good, people? This is your boy L.O. AKA the Ad Man. If you like this show, then make sure you subscribe to Decoding 40 on IG, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Everything in my father nature is like, wow. Like, just 
let this kid be a kid. In the middle of this airport, let this kid be a kid. And I look around and I see all of the people in the terminal that are also waiting for this flight that's been delayed. And they're just smiling and everybody's just like, oh, this kid's so cute. But then this hits me, this notion hits me like, because I, I peep the black family next to me. And the black family next to me kind of has the exact same thought I'm having. Like, shit, our kids can't do that. And as I sit and I watch all these, these, these white people just stand around and they're watching this kid climb. And he would fall down and he would like fall and like make this big scene and he would you know, get back at it and, his, and he would look at his dad, he would say something. I'm watching this whole process go on and I'm thinking to myself, wow, all of these people are seeing this in the beauty of what it is, a kid being a kid. But if he was black, and every black person I caught eyes with had the exact same thought. But if this kid was black, and we were all like, "Yeah, oh, this kid's cool. But at the same time, we're getting this like internalized frustration with the fact that we know damn well that our children could not do that. Because the moment you replace that white kid with a black kid, all of a sudden that child is misbehaving. Where are the parents to control this child? And, I, and it was so amazing to me to watch as he got the teddy bear, the whole terminal started cheering and everybody started clapping and that every single black family thought to themselves, we could not do this. Our kids could not do this. And it broke my heart at the notion that as black parents, we police our child, our children at a greater level because of what racism has afforded the perception of our kids' behavior as just misbehaving. Just a sad reality. Uh, live on, kid. I just hope we get to do it too. All right, so the uh, audio clip that you just listened to uh, was something we were talking about earlier today. As you listen to the story, the gentleman basically was uh, commenting on a picture or a video or he was at uh, JFK and saw this child climbing and he, you know, he brought up the argument about if it were a black child, would they would they want to have allowed it? Would they have uh, thought of it as being okay, or or would it just would the black child have the same, I guess, uh, feeling of or well, let him just be a child? So when it comes to our children, or do we police our children differently? I think that's what he was getting at in the argument, and you know, I want to know what you guys think. There's certain aspects of it that I don't agree that I, I that I agree with him. And a lot of things I disagree with him. First of all, he's making the assumption that everyone around him is thinking what he's thinking and making the assumption that they're looking at this kid in wonderment. Because as a father, if I saw a child climbing on a window at JFK, I'd be thinking, what parent would allow their child to do that, knowing that beneath them is the runway? of the airport. They don't know how strong or how well this thing is built. That's how fucking accidents happen. Next on the news, child falls onto runway and busts his head open to the white meat. That's what I'd be thinking. He had to like, catch a flight. Want, he was in a rush. Like, is it cute and allowing them to express themselves, to put themselves in danger, knowing, knowing what I know about what could happen to them? No, I'm not going to allow my child to do that. And I think if you if you polled most mothers 
watching that, they're not going to let that happen. Most mothers, regardless of race? Regardless of race. Again, we 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 uh, took a clip of the video. The video is like three minutes long. It's on IG. Um, we didn't want to play the entire video, we'll but he, he we'll put a, a link to the clip in. Uh, yeah, we'll put a link to the clip in the um in the Bob next week's episode. So he was keeping the theme of if it was one of us, we couldn't do it. If it was one of our children, or and he also kind of alluded to like we've been conditioned to be fearful and 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 not act out in public, so to speak, because of the fear of the or the thought of your child being called you know this child that doesn't know how to act, like. When we do it, it's our kids don't know how to act. When they do it, oh, it's just a kid being a kid. And, you know, I think he that's what he kind of was talking about towards the end of the actual video. Right. He was getting to that as well. I think that that condition does exist. I think we yes. all kind of had that. We have that fear in certain settings because we don't want someone to come out their face or worse. I mean, I would think I was thinking like you when I saw the video, I was like, well, why didn't they? That don't look too safe. Like, OK. Like I, yeah, that that to me looked like a safety issue, not a child yeah. just letting a child be a child or their freedom. That's not safe. Motherfucker looking like a window washer up there. He was up there pretty high. Like, mm-hmm. I don't listen. I see his point being that there is definitely some fear attributed to or we, we put fear on our children based on what we believe, you know, subconsciously where we are in society, how how we can be made felt or we know how our children will be perceived based on what's going on. Like, it's, why is that child? I mean, how many videos have we seen Karen's at Karen be Karen? In? I mean, in Florida, that young woman was killed by this sick broad because she knocked on the door after she threw the child's iPad and, and, and berated these children. And she like this shit happens all the time. I um actually tapped into a different uh, thought pattern on this. So. The first part is I feel like he was speaking to the the silent sort of societal uh, rules that we have that govern black behavior versus mm-hmm. other people's behavior. And he, I think he was also tapping into this notion that when you are around other black parents, when particularly white kids are what we would deem as acting up. We do look at each other, give each other the head nod or the eye raise eyebrow or some type of nonverbal cue to... Would you look at this white shit? Yeah, to indicate that this this kid is being extra or this kid is doing a lot. And we've seen extra kids. Right. So, and then the other thing that strikes me is, I think the guy, Jordan Peterson, is a professor up in Canada. Don't agree with him often, but he does have this theory that you should allow your kids to have a to be experimental and to explore danger in a safe i put that in quotes sort of setting and based on what i saw with the kid climbing the window i think that would probably suggest it was a safe but dangerous type of situation dad has a lot of confidence in the uh yeah, there, there's uh, they're safe and so having your kid walk ahead of you there's i think i just read or we talked about a kid walking on the opposite side of the street while you're walking, having your kids cross the street by themselves. Like these are safe, but potentially dangerous type situations. Right. But we do that to allow them to explore their own uh, level of safety so they can understand what it is to have agency over their body. I don't disagree with that premise. I just think that this was a not a great illustration of that idea because this was a potentially dangerous situation because no one knows 
how strong that window is and how strong that seal is because it's not meant to be walked on. It's not meant to be climbed up on. Right. And we don't know how much weight it's supposed to be able to take and how much weight it can actually take. You you saying that is actually informed by your own personal experiences and and whatever fear that you have around safety of infrastructure or buildings or right right and but a kid doesn't have that no right that's why i'm here (laughs) right (laughs) but at the same time we have to allow kids to do things that we perceive as dangerous or foolish to a certain extent yeah our role is to protect them but our role is not to bubble wrap them and prevent them from exploring and uh, pushing the limits of the climate a jungle gym is exploring doing windows yeah get I your mean, ass down look the potentiality I, I think, of being th- harmed on a jungle gym exists yes right so right. but we don't we don't say you can't do that but we, there are parents who say don't swing don't jump don't climb a certain way i'm just but saying the, that you, but you have to you have to look at the apparatus that they're that they're on like if they're at the if they're at the playground on a jungle gym it is built for the purpose of them climbing, jumping, and do like the, I've seen kids climb to the top of these things, and wh- where I would be nervous for my son to be up there, but I wouldn't say come down. But on a place where you're not supposed to be climbing, right? Like if my if I go to the zoo and my son decides he wants to climb up the lion enclosure wall, I'm going to stop him, right? Look because at, the potential danger. It's not about it's not about giving him voice or 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 freedom. It's about making sure that he is not doing something that's going to injure himself because he his children can't see. I they get can't what you're see saying, the potential. What I'm, what I'm saying is that the father we we have to presume has made an assessment about his child's safety. Yes, I would not and, have made the same assessment. Exactly. So he is saying that based on this behavior and based on what he's seen and what the conditions are, he feels like his son is in a safe condition. Yes. So based on that, what what I think the gentleman is then saying is that black parents don't necessarily have that type of agency in those spaces, particularly in public spaces, that you can make an assessment that your child is safe. But because of the conditions of our culture and our society, there is an added level of danger that's associated with them just existing. And I absolutely agree with that. But but I'm just saying that this is a poor example for illustrating that. My point is, so we look at someone like Tamir Rice, who was playing with a gun, a toy gun. Yes. That in and of itself is not anything that we would subscribe to as dangerous because as kids, we played with water guns. We played with fake guns and we've done all cops and robbers and all those types of games. Yes. But this is the same type of game that cost this kid his life. And it's it's these type of stories that I think inform the way that we as black parents have to govern the way we raise our kids. Absolutely. Right. So even when we make an assessment that something is safe enough, there's still an added layer of how are they going to interact with society? And that's what I thought that he was trying to tap into when he was giving the nod to the other parents and saying, even if this is the safest thing in the world, even if it, the infrastructure was reinforced so it could withstand this type of climbing, we probably could not let our black sons do this because there's this added layer of how are they going to be perceived? So now you got, oh, look at this little monkey climbing up the wall. Well, well see, that, that's 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 the problem that I have is like the perception is, is that 
it's about guarding the behavior, right? Because I'm trying to separate doing something that would be physically dangerous for my son versus how the behavior is viewed, right? So I am willing to let my son be him without trying to say, no, you can't do that in front of uh, white folks or, you, or you, you, you can't you know, act in that way. But I will stop him from doing something that's going to be physically, physically dangerous to him. So even if that is playing with guns in the park, no, you cannot do that. That, right. that, Why? that because that because it it's literally could kill you. Right. But that's what I'm saying. So you are coming into these situations very different than a white parent. Yes, absolutely. You have to. And this is based on our experience in this. Country. Exactly. And that's it's, that's it's, what I took away with what he was saying. Not necessarily. Yeah. But the that, problem is, is that he's uh, he's ascribing he's ascribing his thoughts to the people around him. So everyone was looking at this boy in wonderment at what he was experiencing. But I think I'm he was, saying no, as a father, I'm looking at the potential danger that's going to happen with climbing on something that's not meant to be climbed on. Not, it has nothing to do with how people are going to view his behavior. It has to do with what could potentially happen to him physically from doing this thing. And I think yeah, if you, I, and I that's think, why I said if you poll mothers in general, mothers would not. And it was a father; it wasn't a right. mother that was allowing. That's it what I'm saying. Do. Like I would, I would say poll fathers because we we're probably going to have a different perspective. But I appreciate what you're saying in terms of the safety issue. But I, but beyond the safety, I think what he was trying to suggest. And yeah, obviously he didn't. These parents didn't vocalize what they were thinking. But if you and I are in a situation and we look at each other because we see something happening, we don't have to verbalize what we might be thinking about it. You know, like we might be like, mm, or, you know, give each other a side eye like, yo, this and without saying anything. Right. And, and then we have an understanding. And in that understanding, we might have to clarify exactly to the extent of what we mean. But at the very core of it, we both understand that what we're looking at does not make sense based on our shared experience. This is some bullshit, basically. Right. But we have to have a shared experience for us to appreciate that. that. So me and that white father looking at each other, looking at his son climb the the side of a, a, a glass wall are probably not going to have a, a nonverbal meeting of the minds in that moment because he's right. thinking this is really cool. And I'm thinking, dog, what is, this, there's so much fucking liability around this from <laughs> from that perspective. But then I have to think if it was a black child, I would think, why are you letting this little Negro climb up the side of this wall? Because mm-hmm. you know, if TSA or any of the airport police come, it's going to mm-hmm. be a problem. Mm-hmm. But see, that's a th- that's th- that's part of the problem that I'm having is that you're going to think one thing, I'm going to think one thing, Vin's going to think one thing. It's not. I look around and black parents wouldn't allow this because of our black experience. I get that part. I just think that there's still at the core of any nonverbal conversation or any like non-articulated uh, commentary other than, mm, mm, right. That we understand what those, those sounds mean. Well, he took it to mean that they believe what I say or what I'm thinking. And right. that's but the don't problem. We, don't we all do that though? That's the if you, if, Yeah, if you and I are looking at each other yeah. across a space and you make a face and I, and I seem to- uh, He didn't say just one black person. 
Bro, if, if there's a few black people in the space in the airport, <laughs> and he speaking made, of which, I, the airports in New York are really nice right now. But if, if we're all in the space, there's some commonality, even even with cross-cultural commonalities. Like if we see something like someone being loud on the train, it doesn't matter what the race of that person is. We're going to we're going to roll our eyes, particularly if it's at the end of the day mm-hmm. and someone comes on and the showtime and you're like, no time. Right. I don't have to say I'm annoyed because I'm tired and hear these dudes come dancing and swinging their feet across people's faces. You right. know, looking at me, regardless of your race or your status, that this is annoying because it's the end of the day and we've all had a long day. And that's what I'm saying. I think he was tapping into that shared experience of knowing or seeing something that just is out of place and out of place for a number of reasons. But I think he was just extrapolating in the sense that since these were black people who were nodding back at me, that we had a shared understanding that. I, I, I think that's he presumed a lot more I mean, than we he do. That's what language because is. everybody, that's everybody what was lo- communication is. Everybody was looking at in the kid in wonderment and then the black people. Well, well, let me ask you this. At first, when you saw the kid, did you not think, oh, that's pretty cool? No, I was no thinking, part of you fuck, thought, I was thinking, what the fuck is that kid doing on that window? Like, the the I kept thinking I that he was like, going to oh. say the kid busts his head open. Well, first of all, first of all, the, the, it's on an angle, right? It's on an angle. Right. So that means his weight is on that glass. So you're, you're, you have to assume that whoever built that section of the wall didn't have too many drinks last night and put enough putty. But I, I don't have that kind of I don't have that kind of confidence. Right. In, but that's in, your experience in, and that's your yeah. self-analysis. Because it, it's not something that is meant to have that kind of weight on it. It's not built to do that. Well, maybe the father was in glass and knew the uh, <laughs> maybe PSI maybe. on the fucking glass weight or whatever the fuck they maybe. they they talk about. One of the things that I always want to make clear to my kids is like anything in this world is possible for you. It's open for you. And don't try to no one's going to try to take that away from you. And part of what I was thinking was like this box that he's talking about. Yes, we've created some of these boxes for ourselves. And that's part of our history in this country. And it's to protect our children like we have held them close because allowing them to act in the same way that these others are able to act was dangerous. Couldn't literally get them killed. So it's sort of, it's passed down from, from our grandparents to our parents, to us that we do have to hold them tight and it's necessary in this country still, but we want them to give them the freedom, the freedom of mind right? To know that they can even, but you have to be clear about what's around you. And that's a complicated scenario to have to navigate, right? Because as Black people... All the time. We that's ha- our burden. It's That's the burden, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying, that we have to look through life through this lens. And that's what I thought he would... I, I, I felt like that was the umbrella of what he was trying to say. Yeah. I, I agree. He He was taking certain liberties with what people might be thinking, or yeah. what they would have said had they given had been had they been given the opportunity. But ultimately, we have this burden of having to look at the world in a certain way that might not consider us first for our humanity, but first for the color of our skin. Yeah. Merch drop. You are now listening to Decoding Forty. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? 
This has been from Dakota and 40, letting you know about Dakota40pod.com. That's right, Dakota40pod.com. That's our new site that's got all our merch on it. Dakota40pod.com. Unless you've been living under a rock, you uh, know that Florida is, I don't, I, I, you know, I can't even think of what to call Florida at this point. It's a state. We can say it's that. It's the much. anus of America. It's a it's testing the ground. Anus, it's the anus of America. What is it, Rick? A testing ground? It's a testing ground. The testing ground. Yeah. Or, well, I know for sh- I know for shit certain that Orlando probably has the most theme-based restaurants in any city you go to. I mean, you go down there, they have restaurants for everything. So it definitely is a testing ground for nastiness along with just, I don't know, they're they're trying to create this racist gumbo, I want to call it. It's like they're trying to create something down there that is that that I guess uh, DeSantis wants to put into a national type of uh, policy if he ever became president, God forbid. But apparently... They've passed legislation and they have these uh, teachings that they want to, you know, I, I use those uh, in quotes, these teachings they want to espouse right now in regards to racism and uh, just slavery in general. And in this particular situation where they were talking about how because of slavery, black folks retain skills during slavery that helped them in the future. That's and that's paraphrasing what he basically said. And he said he one of the major things he said is, well, black folks became blacks, blacksmiths, and that gave them some sort of skill. And they were able to pass that on from generations to generations. And uh, L sent this uh, dope ass article, article, excuse me, from The Washington Post and basically dispels all that. And and it's something that I, I kind of get upset because I never thought about. I don't know if you guys uh, feel the same way, but basically. Um, it's all bullshit, you know, that, you know, these sick bastards went from regions and parts of Africa and picked specific people who knew how to do specific things, grow rice, create an entire irrigation system, herd their their cattle. You know, it's, it's just disgusting to think how this fucking guy is trying to turn everything that we've ever done for this country into a fucking two second soundbite. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, first of all, the the episode where Bunny uh Bugs Bunny cuts Florida away from the United States <laughs> was so accurate. Like mm. it, it could not be more on target. Um I think a lot of this is stemming from the idea that Africa is the dark continent and America is the country of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And that when people came here they they became better at whatever mm-hmm. it is and skills. It it is an attempt to negate, further negate the entire history of Africans on this mm-hmm. on this world, and then to deny their ingenuity and their intelligence and um, civilization in general, their humanity and their skill. I I have been sitting with this for days, and I'm still struggling with the words to describe how angry I am that we are at this point. Yeah, we're back here. I, I think it's another attempt to lessen the con- the concept mm. of the brutality mm. of slavery and enslaving people and mm-hmm. taking away their culture and taking away their language and taking away their history. They're trying to lessen their role. Like the reason why we want to change the, the language from slaves to the enslaved is because 
that acknowledges that this there was someone who was enslaver. There was someone who perpetrated this crime. Right. It was a criminal at work and it, it points directly to them. And they're trying to erase that. They're trying to make their role as somehow heroic by right. saying you are the beneficiary of your rape, murder, genocide, enslavement. You benefited from that. You you right. you learned how to be a blacksmith. But they never talk about the millions of people who were born and died in enslavement. There was no benefit for them. So the few people that you can point out who were able to take the skills and turn it into something after they they, they gain their freedom is fucking ridiculous. And if this country, if we, if, if, let's just say you enslave some people, you figured out, you fucked up, you let them be free. And now we're all going to share in what we've, what, what we've built. That's in quotes. That's in air quotes, mm-hmm. what we've built. No, that's not what you did. Yeah. I'm curious to find out when they had these, um, these blacksmith classes like i want to know when when they taught them how to pick cotton and because it had to have been a white example based on your ideology that we were taught these skills who were the white people who took the lead initially because everything you know we, we have to understand that white folks create everything and in that with that ideal in hand who the fuck were the teachers who led the blacksmith classes based on what the fuck you're saying like this is this is what's ridiculous about it and well, the fact that you're not even acknowledging the fact that you motherfuckers, like we basically created your t- entire economy with our knowledge, right? While you pulled, you kept people in slavery. This shit is ridiculous. And then you want to trivialize this shit with, oh, you you motherfuckers learned something. And what's really disgusting is that you have a Cuban, a Cuban, a, a Cuban person lives in this country, Cuban American. I don't know if he's born here. Or he's born in Cuba. Who is the fucking you know, the person pushing this shit behind this shit. He's the fucking guy that DeSantis put in charge to, to come up with this bullshit. Well, here's the, here's the beauty of this. I, I, I hope that the actual backlash of all of this supports the idea of why reparations is so important, because at some point, I believe we are going to have to realize that even if this was a taught skill, that this was unpaid labor. Yes. Mm-hmm. And If, in fact, you want to really appreciate this as some skill that needed to be Mm -hmm. accepted or appreciated, and if we really believe in capitalism, write that check. Yeah. Well, you know, well, next year they're going to say it was an apprenticeship. It was volunteer. You guys didn't have a union, so you're not on back wages. It was a a migrant migrant apprenticeship. They're going to have to uh, pretzel it again. You're right. That that one blacksmith who managed to prosper after he he gained his freedom. How long before you burn down his shop? Mm. Because I'm pretty sure as soon as this uppity nigger got some yep. money, he exactly probably is. burned the shit down. Who and the other thing, the other thought I was going to make is that for the white folks who think that this is an appropriate way to retell history, I suggest you sign up for slavery tomorrow. Learn, so you, well, can you, get, they, you can learn some skills. You can learn Listen. some new skills and then you can be appreciative of the American experience as an enslaved person. They didn't even have to do that. They tried to go out there and pick the peaches and all the fruit that those so-called Mexicans or migrants did for them. 
they couldn't last two hours out there. You mean I have to do this all day? Get the fuck out of here. Dance you know what I'm saying? For what? A hundred dollars a bushel? Are you kidding me? Like, you know what I'm saying? Not even that. I'm just saying, like, they couldn't even do it for a day. Right? Well, you know, it's... I mean, I have you know, family in Florida. I love going to Miami. But I'm really hoping their economy falls to pieces. <laughs> it, it already started, man. I, yeah. I've seen a lot of these these videos of, you know, these people who run these tourist shops who are like, you know, the tourism at this point, this time of the year is usually at 90%. We're down to 60% right now. Really? And yes, you got to think about how many Latino people have all over the world have family in Miami and come to see their family. And and a lot of people are boycotting coming down there because of this, just the shit that's going on. And just, it's like this dude is constantly landing you know, stepping on landmines and saying stupid shit and putting these stupid policies in in in, yeah. in play. What are you creating, Florida? What are you trying to create in Florida? Yeah, I, I think this think is because it's not going to work without so-called Luke's, labor. I think this is why Lex Luthor needs a Superman because without it, he will spin himself into oblivion, and that's what this guy is doing, right? Like all the policies he's coming up against this sort of this so-called woke agenda, woke which he can't here. even define. Matter of fact, right. and which is fascinating, but the spin doctors, how they work it. Yeah, but he, he can't even define what it is exactly that he's fighting against. He doesn't have to. Right. Which is the problem, work. because that, that means yeah. people aren't reading. People aren't actually no. listening. They no. aren't thinking for themselves. No. And woke he, is the catch all. Yeah. Woke is the catch all. And I'm reminded of a line from I think it was the West Wing or maybe it was. Uh, American president, it was American president, that people will drink sand in the absence of water when they are thirsty. Wow. Yeah. And this is what's happening in Florida, if not in a lot of the parts of this MAGA uh, nonsense. Look, Florida, Floridians, this guy will fuck you up to get power. He obviously doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. He's going to fuck you up in order to get power. And the thing is, is that like everything is turned into a grift. Everything is turned into a money machine or power, like either a power grab or money grab, right? What's more, this what's as disturbing as DeSantis bullshit, because honestly, DeSantis is like, he's like, if Trump is Hitler, then he's Goebbels. Like this guy is the evil fucking genius behind all the other evil shit that Hitler did. Like he's just like the shit that he's trying to pull right now. And what the Republican Party in general is trying to pull right now is scary. You know, outside of the fact that they're this whole anti-woke commission, the fact that this guy Trump is still the front runner, regardless of how many indictments. This guy makes John Gotti look like a fucking a, a schoolboy as far as like being able to be indicted and still do. He's just walking around like nothing, son. These indictments are nothing. Mm. Even with all the new evidence, all the threats of that he might go to jail, he's just still on the campaign trail and he's still ahead. And people have they've interviewed people saying that if he's running, whether he's locked up or not, I'm still going to vote for him. Because they love they, the lie. But gee, is that, yo, is it like that? You think the lies, is, is it that? Is it, it is. That like, even if you talk about um, this curriculum in Florida, there's a piece where it talks about how the framers of the country and this country never veered away from the principle and concepts of all men are, are created equal. And even when it did, it quickly remedied those um, departures. Mm-hmm. Are you insane? Have you been looking at this country for the last 400 some odd years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still not living up to its ideals mm-hmm. and principles. Mm-hmm. No. 
Not at all. The the fact that we, and I say we as a country who all have stake in this country, can't come to a, a realization and an understanding that there are people who are still marginalized and otherwise in this country is is mind-blowing on some level, but so predictable on another. Because it's constant when you, as an individual, build yourself up, but want to self-identify however you want to self-identify. If that makes someone uncomfortable, then you become the latest uh, controversy or uh, culture uh, war, or you you become the widget in this con in this culture war, and it's it's bizarre. Like I, I saw something that was talking about how we target one the one percent of this country and have made it into a full blown uh, campaign issue when we're talking about transgender people. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in Congress, the people that are elected. Are and and the Supreme Court, for that matter, are are they're removing rights and exercising power at a rate that is almost head spinning. Mm-hmm. Each year, we've seen more and more people become marginalized. Yeah, but we want to focus on people who don't have the power to do that to ninety nine percent of the other uh, part of the country. But well, this, well, this is they, if they acknowledge that, even, then they'd be woke. Listen, <laughs> we can't even pay a decent Stay fucking wage in this country. We can't even keep up with inflation. We can't even come close to keeping up with inflation. We talking, we arguing over fifteen dollars an hour still. And and you need probably close to forty dollars an hour to be able to live if you have two or three kids. You need to make a certain amount of money to live in this country. And it don't matter what part of the country you live in because steak is steak no matter where you go. Gas is yeah. pretty much the same everywhere you fuck you go. Where you might pay, what, I don't know. When I was in Wisconsin, I got three burgers for a dollar. Well, that's because the cow was in the back getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, what, but my point is... It also it, eats it, nuclear waste, so... Oh, that's true, too. Two birds, one a, stone. An amazing yeah. dump after those burgers. But go ahead. <laughs> and then I started shooting laser beams out my eyes for some reason. That's, that's just <laughs> that the beryllium. Oh, sweet, sweet No, but, but really, man, it's like nowhere you can really live in this country. at. You can't live anywhere for just $15 an hour. Now, we're, talk, we're going from a time when a person, one person in the house, predominantly the man, went out, had a job, made X amount of dollars an hour, his his mortgage was this amount. He he had he able he was able to pay his mortgage, keep his fucking house uh, with food, have a car or maybe two, and take a vacation twice a year. Well, that was our it, grandparents' uh, generation. But, but that's my point. Mm-hmm. And but yeah. it shouldn't it shouldn't have gotten worse. It where did. Th- but it shouldn't have. It's my point is that we can't even address the fact that we haven't been paid a livable wage. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't even get to that. Like that should be top dollar. Like yo. three to four times more than they did. Right. Yeah. Right. But inflation, but inflation, but we have our wage hasn't kept up with inflation. That's the right. point. Like this shit is all out of control. We can't even agree on the fact that we're all getting fucked. You see that guy behind you right now? Yeah. He's fucking me too. Like, and you guys are so worried Pause. over some other shit. Pause. But you're worried about some <laughs> other shit. This shit is crazy it's, to me. This shit, it's, is, this shit is like. It's the trans people fucking you. And, and that's the argument. And that's where <laughs> right. we go. That and is exactly and, right. And that there's the exactly smoke right. screen. There it and is. there goes the smoke that's screen. That's exactly right. Yep. Trans While they fucking count their money. Look over here. You don't even see these yeah. suitcases leave. Right. Slide of hands. Well, we solved that. So, uh, you know, before we get out of here, what, 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 I mean, what do you just I mean, this guy luckily is third in the running for president 
You mean in DeSantis. total or just on the Republican side? On the Republican side, I think he's third in the in the who's second? The, I don't know. Oh, I I heard I, I was watching. I think it was Rachel Matt Rachel Maddox said that he was third. I didn't. She didn't go down the list. Trump is of course number one. Rachel Maddow, but Maddow, yeah, Maddox Maddow, whatever. Mm. Uh, but I I saw her talking about it, and she said that he was in third, like he's third runner up as far as his poll numbers are concerned. I don't know who is second. Maybe it wasn't not Pence. Is it th- there's a woman that's running on the Republican side? Is she the second? Last I saw, they Cheney won, uh, single digits. Liz Cheney's running. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think there was another woman that was running from the Republican side. But at any rate, they they have him down at third. But what's scarier is, do you think him and Trump join forces? Because he's not going to pick Pence again. And Pence doesn't want to be his vice president. Pence wants to be president now. I I wouldn't even uh, say I wouldn't even say no. No, he sees DeSantis as a um, as a traitor. He he needs somebody who's uh, a lackey. Yeah, he does. He needs someone to cup, you know, maybe he'll have his daughter run with him. I could see that before him or his son. What kind of person? Someone who knows me. If his daughter ran, that might be a serious problem. Why? That might be a serious problem because he'd have sex with her. (laughs) No, because I think I think they're they're softer on her. Mm. Oh, she would just come around because she's just the darling of the party. She's going to be seen as more moderate than uh, than Trump. She's going to be able to rope her daddy in. And when no, they just. We say rope, we mean actual <laughs> Tabari. <laughs> Shabari. <laughs> daddy, you like a daddy? She's the best rope tire ever. Anyway. Some weird I, stuff is going on in that house. I guarantee you. Has to. Eyes wide shut all day. That's why yeah. that's why Junior looked like he coked up all the time. So while Hunter, Hunter's Biden laptop and coke in the White House, nigga, you the one sniffing coke. Yeah. Have you seen this man in interviews? And he's always touching his nose. What is wrong with Trump Junior? A little oh, a little coke. He's got that good bug of sugar. He needs a hug. He got that good bug of sugar. He needs a hug from his pappy. I love you, I'm daddy. The pappy boss. I love you, daddy. Eyes the pappy boss. Oh my God. Decoding 40. It's about that time for us to wrap up the show. Uh, we touched on a lot of uh, important issues. Any of you guys got any final words, thoughts before we leave? Actually, I don't. I just uh, want to bow gracefully. I will say one thing, and um, and I've said it on the show before. When my kids first started school, they started at this small, black-run private school um, that focused on science and the the headmaster of the school, I don't, I, I guess that's what you call them. I feel like that's very old to call her a headmaster. Anyway, we when we were having a meeting with her, and she said one of their guiding head principles mistress was the name. She would be okay. the headmistress. I don't think head ma- headmaster is something totally different. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> the du- executive director of the school, I'll call her that then. Okay. Um, said something that I th- think that was very important. She said, if you want your children to have a voice in the world, you have to give them a voice at home, meaning they have to be able to express themselves. And uh, I thought that was important to the point that we were talking about earlier. And I'll leave it there. That's what I learned. What I've learned is I'm seeing a lot of distractions lately. I'm seeing a lot of things happening right now. Um, Everybody seems to be trying to distract some portion of society while they're doing whatever the fuck they're doing behind the scenes. You have the trans movement. You have all these other different movements, and some of them are distractions or being used as distractions. 
and it's getting more and more dangerous. These guys are doing a lot. They're doing a lot of damage right now with that Supreme Court, with a lot of these educational initiatives and everybody's focused on Florida. But a lot of these, you know, states, Texas, a lot of these other red states are doing the same thing. And, you know, to some form or another, you know what I mean? They're picking on or they're Florida is in the in the major news because DeSantis is a governor who is actually running for president. And it's it's bigger than than Florida in the sense of it's bigger than him. He's running for president. But it's dangerous out here in these streets and they're trying to change shit and they're trying to make it really, really difficult. I, I just don't get it. I think they, they are just they're both the wall and what they have down the pipe. If this fucking nut wins again is is a little scary. Yeah, man. Oh, wait, stay woke. Uh, this just in. Uh, here's my final thought. Eat vegetables as much as off as often and as much as possible, because the autopsy just came back that Lisa Marie Presley died from bowel obstruction. Are you serious? Wow. Yes. So she couldn't take a doogie. How long had she not taken a poop? I don't know, but eat your vegetables. I think that I think it was the cocaine diet that got her stopped up it or was, something. I don't know, but Musilex. She was like, I have a shit in a week. People. Ruffage. All right. On that note, eat your vegetables, <laughs> like Elle says, because you might have a problem. This has been another episode of the Code of 40. Again, make sure that you listen to us every Friday as we come out with a new show. Make sure you go to decodem40pod.com and pick up some of your mer- some of our merch, some swag. You know what I'm saying? Get yourself a hat. Get yourself a T-shirt. Get yourself something. You know what I'm talking about? Um, peace. Peace. I knew she was full of shit. Boom. Boom. Peace. Ah! thank you for listening to decoding 40 tune in this and every friday via your favorite platform for a new episode of decoding 40 go to www.decoding40.com make sure you sign up so you can keep following us but don't keep it to yourself spread the word thank you for listening to decoding 40 god damn it